okay, I was raised Catholic, but a lot of my young adult kind of life was more Christianity was at a distance. I was just kind of, it was just like there, passing by, not really involved. But at a certain point, I was kind of pressed into, into life, no? into life of faith, into service. Um, so I went down to Africa and okay, something happened down there where I was kind of pushed, not necessarily, I didn't really choose, I don't know, there was just the experience, the encounter that kind of pressed me into becoming more of a disciple and, and going in this journey of becoming part of the community and, and trying to, to live the faith actually from, from, yeah, from the heart and not just kind of keeping it at a distance or seeing it going on. Hi, welcome back to Valdoco. I'm Amy. I'm Nikki. And I'm Father Steve. Back for the week four <laughs> of right? the podcast. Week four of the podcast. This is the Valdoco podcast, and we are on a <laughs> scriptural journey. <laughs> scriptural journey through Lent. Wow. Right? Yeah. And we're trying to be joyful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to be joyful. I'm turning over a new leaf. We're trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have been so not joyful about this season. It's been really difficult. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just I feel like it hasn't really been highlighted. Yeah, like I haven't been no able one to talked about your joys enough. Mm-mm. Please do more. Okay. Do Thank better. you. Yeah. Do better, be better. But we're going to, we are continuing to go through Lent with uh, the way of the cross. So, again, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, it would be helpful to do so. Um, but we're just going through the 14 stations of the cross written by St. John Paul II. Or not written by, but compiled. <laughs> He compiled a different scripture for each of the stations, and we're just going through two per uh, episode. And so this week we are on the seventh station and eighth, eighth station. Beautiful. So we hope Lent is going well for you. Um, but I guess just a reminder that it's never too late to start. If you failed, if something didn't go, or you're just arriving late to Lent, it's never, never too late to start. Yep. Right? With those practical challenges. Amen. Watch and see. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch (laughs) and pray. So we'll just start with a quick prayer, and then we will read stations 7 and 8. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of power and mercy, in love you sent your Son, that we might be cleansed of sin and live with you forever. Bless us as we gather to reflect on his suffering and death, that we may learn from his example the way we should go. We ask this through that same Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Seventh station. Jesus bears the cross. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. When the chief priests and the guards saw Jesus, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no guilt in him. They cried out, Take him away. Take him away. Crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, in Hebrew, Golgotha. Eighth station. Jesus is helped by Simon the Cyrenian to carry the cross. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. They pressed into service a passerby, Simon, a Cyrenian, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. 
And so now we are at a point now in the Stations of the Cross where we have uh, Jesus really walking now, really walking with the cross uh, towards Golgotha, towards the place of the skull, which is, I don't know, it's interesting to like just get the historical, because I, I spent time in Jerusalem, so it's always, you know, when I used to read it, it never used to be, like I didn't know the distance, I didn't know what it would have been like, but now spending that time in Jerusalem, it really changes things um, to see the distance, to see, you know, what it would have been like. And, you know, it's all inside the church now. It's all inside the the Holy Sepulcher. But just to see, I don't know, how close and inside the city and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's wild. It's Sometimes it's hard to imagine because it is now a big city. and But back then it was a big city too. You know? So you would have had people who just saw this man holding a cross and, and going. I love when you talk about the Holy Land. <laughs> I've never been there. So mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, to imagine it is very hard. And to look up pictures, you can only get so much from it. So to actually hear people who are able to connect the different Bible stories together, I always love when, when you bring it up or when I hear some other people who have done formation bring it up. It really helps to make it real. This was a real place yeah. that people live, that people visit, that people are formed there. Um, and to really have the testimony of people to be like, I experienced this firsthand. This is a real place. And then it just kind of starts putting everything else into that real context. Yeah. So any reflections from after reading and praying through this? Um, when I um, yeah, heard this, I think just what, uh, what initially popped out was Pilate. Um, I think just almost like how dismissive um, he sounds um, of like giving into the crowd, like giving into like what they're demanding. And, and, you know, when you read more around the context and you hear it um, during Holy Week, like he's, I don't know, the way that I understand it is like he's doing it to prevent like an uprising, right? Like he's doing it to satisfy the crowd because they were so like riled up against Jesus. Um, you know, that they wanted back a criminal that really was wanted, really was dangerous for them, that they, they you know, switched places. Who can I let go of? And they wanted Jesus to continue to be crucified. And, and just, I think the, the part about Pilate, that dismissive action of like, when you yourself like brush off something, right? And then so another person is like still condemned because of whatever that group is talking about. Um, you know, when you think of, yeah, like talking about someone or talking about people, like how quickly it is to just be like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't believe that, but you guys do and whatever. And that's about as far as you get to defending them or protecting, I don't know, their their dignity, their worth as a person. Like, that's how far you get. Um, and just how that's obviously like problematic, right? In this really real way that like Jesus was sentenced to death there when there was like so many different opportunities for like what he prayed for in the garden of like if it's your will let this cup pass me by but that again people along the way like made these choices and just dismissive of the human life that was in front of them like how really like you know that's hard to look at um and then just even like in the title of the station jesus bears the cross and i had talked about it last week of just like this real understanding of like jesus um carrying the cross like carrying our sins like to death so that he would like 
like the destruction of our sin comes with like his life, you know, and, and just that he does it, you know, um, I'm sure with every hurt and difficulty and pain and, and everything bad that we can imagine that he was feeling and the people seeing him, but that this was like, he just, what you just said, like just another man walking through this city being crucified because that was like part of what happened to people then. Um, which is, I mean, heartbreaking, but like Jesus did it with this, I mean, literally like saved the world. <laughs> like when you think of like the ultimate hero, self-sacrifice, saving everyone like that is the first step. I mean, he already had gone through so much at this point, but just like walking to the place that he knew he would die is wild. Like really imagining, like if you knew the moment and having to face it and he does that and just in our own lives like when you have to face the moment that you need to become better or you need to like make a choice that you know your people you're gonna lose people you're gonna whatever it is like whatever that means for your life um that some part of you has to die when you face this thing um for the sake of i don't know for you growing for the sake of somebody else for the sake of protecting but not how like heavy that is but that he did it with this real understanding of that he was saving us before we were ever here ever around but also like these people that were crucifying him he was doing it for them too and just unimaginable yeah and just to reflect on this idea of how powerful love is for mm. me as you were speaking that's what came to me is is like what he went through and what's all of this stuff but when it comes from that place of real, like yeah. sacrificial love, like real grace-filled, really God love, um, that we can go through the most difficult moments, you know. So if we try to do it out of our own will, if we try to do it just like muscle through, or if we do it out of fear, or it's not, there's not enough power to to make it through these things. But when we are really founded on on love, when there's this really this you know, not the love and the feeling type, but like this really, this this love that is willing the good of the other, like really um, from God, grace-filled grace gift is, is so powerful. And you see it in the lives of the saints. You see it in people who are really living the faith. Um, you look at, at St. John Bosco, like what he was able to accomplish, and it was definitely not out of his own power, you know, that he lived from such a deep place of love that he was able to go through a lot of suffering and a lot of persecution and all the things so I think it's uh it's beautiful to see this you know Jesus bearing the cross and and going through this, but that uh, that love conquered conquered death and um, my reflection again was a little bit more personal um, than just kind of focusing on Jesus' experience. I was thinking more of the crowd. So what really stuck out was when the chief priest said, "We have no king but Caesar," and kind of like the own my own like kings that I have in my life. So the, we have no king but blank. I have no king but blank. To fill in that blank with what is the thing that should be Jesus, but I'm putting something else as that primary thing that is ruler of my life that I'm serving. Um, that's taking me away from being able to see Jesus in front of me. So the chief priests have the Messiah in front of them, and they're not able to recognize it because they're focused on other things. They're focused on this person isn't living up to the standards of 
the laws and rules that we have. Um, and so this person cannot possibly be what other people are claiming that he is. So what are the things that when Jesus is right in front of me, what am I saying? I have no king but. Um, so for me, like, I feel like a lot of times that's my cell phone. I think I've talked about this before, but just constantly having that fill all moments of my life be like this thread through my life of when there's silence, when there's other things happening, when people are around me to constantly have this other thing where I'm not able to actually witness like the king that's in front of me. And instead, like if you really like think about if there's something in your life that's like that to really think about like this is actually the ruler of my life. Like how frightening that would be like if we really saw the the full extent that certain things have on our on our lives. And for me, I know I know that I have something like that and maybe not everyone does, but it's frightening to to actually view it in the terms of saying like I'm a chief priest and I'm I'm saying these words and it's not just words that I'm reading on Good Friday during an account um, or on Palm Sunday during an account, but like actually like this is words that I'm speaking with my heart. Yeah, and and how quickly we can like flip flop because I don't know months ago or a few years before this, I think the the chief priests and the scribes would have said Caesar is not our king, no, that we that God is our king, the Father is our king, and yet when it suits them, we say we have no king but Caesar because. So I think again to personalize, I definitely see it in my own life that the rationalization, the kind of wishy washy that I can make the statement like become true that best suits me, now that it best suits what I want to get out of it. Um, like we spoke today about like manipulation and how easy it is you know, to kind of alter things so that I can get what I want. You know, that I can, if I'm uncomfortable, I can kind of change things around or I can, um, I don't know, there's a ton of things. So kind of going back and forth of, I know I don't really believe this, but I can say this now because it's going to get me this and it's not that big of a deal. And um, so obviously what we're reading now in the, in the scripture is a huge, like this is a big commotion. This is a big thing. This is somebody's life. But then if I personalize it, I see it in my, like the little things from eating Oreos when I know I shouldn't eat Oreos to like. <laughs> There's never a bad time to eat Oreos. <laughs> Moderation. One, not the whole sleeve. Yeah. Not, the, not the whole sleeve. <laughs> But you can rationalize, no? And you can kind of... Just like that. Make, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, can, like you that. can make statements. Sorry, not helping. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's yeah. very true. Yeah, I think also the... Um, and just like depending on who you're around, you know, like um, this thing of like this fragmented self has really been... It's something that I've I've really always like like have like really strive for of like that i'm the same everywhere i go no matter who i'm with whatever obviously like you know time and place and stuff like that but really at the at the core of it trying to be myself but i can still see like really can still see this fragmented piece or fragmented pieces of you know you not the same everywhere you go that's a like you know a lifelong thing that's confidence that's confidence in who you are and who god has made you to be and you know father steve said on the last episode like i am like a child of god like a real like declaration of like this is who i am over your life like in every place and just yeah we it, give it up probably the quickest thing to let go of where you choose to be silent where you choose to you know holds back 
what you choose to say in response to go along with the crowd or the jokes that you laugh along with or, you know, the comments that, you know, are easily made that you don't really mean or like all of that is so easy to do. Um, and yeah, I think that's a hard reality to face. I mean, personally, um, but then also I think, um, that that's probably true for, I mean, just a lot of like Christians in general, like that, you know, we're supposed to be a certain type of person, you know, obviously not all the same, but really in this striving of like modeling the sacrificial love that's been, that was modeled for us, you know, and like, do we do that? You know, like, like when other people share things with us, like, do we just like brush it off or do we like try to help bear their cross? You know, and I think that's like the, the beautiful part about Simon that although I'm, he, like that word pressed into service, like, so they pushed him right in. They didn't want to do it. Like, because I think just the human, like fear of like, oh my gosh, I'm now I'm in this. Like I would have been scared personally, but just that, like how cool this man forever is tied to like helping Jesus carry his cross and like carry our, our sins. Um, and that he was, yeah, shoved in to do it. And maybe we need to surround ourselves with more people that shove us in the right direction of, like, following footsteps and helping other people and doing that, that it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be hard and maybe we'll fight it too, but that it's way better than, I think, becoming a person in the crowd or a bystander, like, just watching, like, that was something I had learned in college and in psych. And then also the job that I was working on was bystander intervention, right? That how much, how much bad and just, I mean, sad and evil and ugly things could be avoided if like other people had stepped in, um, or had listened or had spoken to a person or yeah, had just like intervened in something before the bad thing happened that that's, you know, it's like reactionary instead of like preventive, um, you know, that there's so much to learn. People are giving us so much information about who they are and what they're going through, but we have to, we have to listen, you know, we have to, and we have to be willing to, I think, you know, pay attention and, and do something about it and not do, I think, the easy thing. Um, but also I think about being in that crowd and like, I know who I am and I think that I, I don't know, like would, if I was a, a Jewish person in this time and like I had met Jesus, I hope that I would have been so convinced that I wouldn't be in this crowd. But I think that's the hard part. That's part of this growth of like understanding there still might be a part of me that would have ended up in that crowd. You know, right now, today, with everything that I know, like what I have been brave enough or, you know, courageous enough or whatever, bold enough to be like, this is wrong and supporting my friend or what I have fallen in. Yeah. But I think we have to also understand that there are people in this crowd who are, who are not just there to crucify. Right. Him. Like right. We'll, we'll see in the next stations next week about, you know, there are people crying. There are his friends there. There are. So we know that his apostles and people like really fled out of fear and they were not there at the cross, but mm -hmm. there are people in that crowd who, who feel something. But then there's also this helplessness of like, we're not going to be able to stop all the evil that yeah. is happening. Like we're yeah. not going to be able to be, it's not like in the movies where we can like one person goes and he kills all the enemies and everything is, we don't have, like, it's impossible to stop. There's some evil things that are just, 
like we can't so we, we can't do anything and then but it's yeah where do you find yourself sometimes in that crowd are you willing to are you praying for the person are you um you know trying to then okay not it's never going to happen again kind of thing are you going to like get on board with trying to make some changes in society are you okay and then going to like what did these people do after the crucifixion and for me that's i would like to read actually like maybe what the scholars say of why this is even in here like there's no need for this this scripture part to be to be put in there what does it add to the thing for me the only thing is like it's to be named means that you must have been part of the community afterwards no so the fact that Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, like there's just a beautiful to be named forever in this um, because they they must have been like speaking about that afterwards. They must have been talking to the community and like they must have been known as the ones who had had the blood on them carrying the cross up to Calvary. Like they were there in there and whether they spoke about it or whether just people knew that like, you know, when you go into a community and like, you know, you know, sometimes when I was in Alabama, like you would have the coach come in and everybody would be like, oh, the coach of the football team is over mm-hmm. there. Like to have in the communities, okay, that's the guy who carried the cross for Jesus. Like that's the that's Simon over there. He's the father of Alexander and Rufus. Like that's part of the, the community. So I think it's just beautiful that we have these things in Scripture that they have, they really don't add anything to the story. You know, it's, it, if, if that was never in there, Jesus still would have carried the cross and he still would have went to... But for me, the fact that it's in there is just a beautiful testimony to real people who, yeah, were pressed into service. Um, and But that's us there, too. So it's cool. And I love that imagery of not having to go alone on the journey. So that's what really stuck out to me was that in the previous passage uh, for the seventh station, it says that Jesus carrying the cross himself. But then in this station, now we have someone who's assisting him. So... Even if we start out on a journey alone, a journey of suffering or journey of, you know, just something that's positive or something that is neither positive nor negative, but we're starting out on a journey, um, Jesus is showing us not to stay alone. And that can mean because we're actually reaching out to people or if people are reaching out to us to not push them away. I, I mean, if I was in Jesus' place, it might be easy to be like, no, I don't want help or something like that like I'm gonna do this alone and like I'm upset and this is frustrating and like this is awful and I can't believe this is happening and I'm in the like my lowest of my low moment from like society's perspective of this happening and I don't want you to see me I don't want you to acknowledge me I don't want you to help me Um, I think it's really easy in those moments to start um, like going back in on yourself and to not be out in the world but to actually allow people to enter into those moments who you can trust and to also be that for other people as well. I think it's very easy um, in society right now when someone's going through something bad to just say, like, if you need anything, let me know. But to actually list the things that you think that they might need, because sometimes in those moments they can't think of what they need. Um, Or even to just show up if it seems appropriate and to assist them in certain ways because maybe they're embarrassed to ask for assistance, but to not just take the easy way out of just saying the words and then leaving it there, Um, but to actually be accountable to what you're saying and to actually show up. And like I said, to anticipate needs, I think a lot of times, and it doesn't have to be big things, but if someone is going through a move, um, to not wait until they say, hey, can you help me with this, but to actually offer do you need help with organizing? Do you need help with moving? Do you need help with 
you know, any of these things that we can kind of put ourselves in their shoes with empathy and know that a person in that situation would probably need this. So I'm going to offer, offer services. So just, um, you know, we talk about all the time, but just the idea of community to actually be living it out in all moments, even when it's not easy, even when it doesn't seem in line with your personality. Amen. And I'm also looking at this. I'm going to, this is, I don't know, beautiful for me. I guess I never spent all that much time with, with Simon. But just even in our own lives, uh, going from passerby, like somebody who's just passively walking by, um, and I think we see that a lot in our society. When we look at the, like the Paschal Mystery, we look at the Passion Death, Christianity, there's so many who are, because it's so part of our culture and everything, it's there in their worldview. It's kind of they see it, but they're very much just passing by. And I think a lot of my... Yeah, I was raised Catholic, but a lot of my young adult's kind of life was more Christianity was at a distance. I was just kind of, it was just like there, passing by, not really involved. But at a certain point, I was kind of pressed into, into life, no? into life of faith, into service. Um, so I went down to Africa and okay, something happened down there where I was kind of pushed, not necessarily, I didn't really choose, I don't know, there was just the experience, the encounter that kind of pressed me into becoming more of a disciple and, and going in this journey of becoming part of the community and and trying to to live the faith actually from from yeah from the heart and not just kind of keeping it at a distance or seeing it going on or seeing that it's part of the world or whatever. So kind of this going from being a passerby uh, to an actual disciple being part of the community and living the faith, uh, carrying the cross. That's a... Uh, I don't know. I'll have to pray with that more because it's it's beautiful to see that as as a way that our yeah we become it's easy and I see with a lot of the young people too right it's they go to Catholic school and they're kind of passerby but then sometimes they have this moment where it's like wow I'm no longer just watching I'm actually in it I'm actually carrying the cross I'm actually participating and I'm not perfect. Maybe I didn't really want to do it. My intentions were not great at the beginning, but now I'm in. And I, I think we see that a lot with our young people. Now that the beginning, maybe just kind of lukewarm or whatever. And then by senior year, after going on retreat or going to some service project or doing something, it's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm in this. And uh, it's nice. Simon's your new friend. Yeah, what's up, Simon? I know, he wrote him off before him. Like, wrote him off. <laughs> he wrote him <laughs> off. He's in like now. Random. <laughs> random Simon. Uh, no. He didn't even want to do it. No, but it's good like that even just I think shows humanity also of Jesus like Jesus has helped like that is huge like he did not need help like maybe did not need like but still a man like carrying this very heavy cross symbolically and also a physically heavy cross and like the help you know and that it's worth mentioning even in Mark's gospel. Like yeah. he's not he's really like, yeah, here he's to be a detailed verbose, person. Yeah. And he's like, this is important. This sentence is worth having. Yeah. I'm looking up on my phone right now. St. Simon Cyrene. He has a feast day. Let's see. What if it's today? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> wow. According to the National Catholic Register, Simon of Cyrene, the patron saint of passerby. <sighs> I'm <laughs> just saying bystander intervention. <laughs> uh, 
No, no, no. It's too long of an article right now to look Just read it all. We Proclaim need the Wikipedia it. Yeah, version that has a feast day. Wiki notes. I'll write that in there. Feast day. That's what a beautiful thing about going to the Holy Land. They have all these feasts. So they have like St. Abraham. They have the Saint. We celebrate the good thief on the cross. There's like a Saint day for them. Really? Um, there's all these ones that, you know, they don't really get outside of, outside of the Holy Land, outside of Jerusalem. Um, and right now is actually a good time if you follow like bishops or um, just even some local parishes are making pilgrimages to the to the Holy Land. Um, Cardinal Dolan is is one also that's um, he's in the Holy Land now, uh, the end of February. And um, yeah, I mean he's sorry to reveal where we are, but <laughs> yeah, he's in the Holy Land, and um, he's putting up videos of different like holy places. Um, so it's been really cool to see, I mean, Who's this? Cardinal Dolan. Oh, Cardinal Dolan. Yeah. And then there, if you go on our YouTube, there's, um, we did a, two Christmases ago or a Christmas ago. Um, we did, um, the Beatitudes as a reflection or a part of the novena for Christmas. And, um, Father Steve had some of the, the men in formation that are there at our Salesian place. They went and did a bunch of filming, um, so if you're interested, it's there too. But it really is beautiful. And we had mentioned it on a previous episode. But um, just looking up images of what that what the land looks like, like what these places look like, um, it's so real. Like just so you understand, I mean, just the, what the world looked like that Jesus was walking through during this time. And um, I don't know. There's something really beautiful about that. Yeah. But that everything has been made into this like sacred place that the world like the world recognizes as something special. Did you find it? December 1st. <laughs> wow, that's a very random time. Let's just put them in Advent. December 1st, St. Simon, Simon <laughs> of Cyrene, the cross bearer. The cross bearer. This is from a, a website that does saints, feasts, family. Cute. Traditions passed down with cooking, caring, and family. So she also gives a recipe for cookies. If she's not sponsoring (laughs) us, I don't want her. (laughs) Cooking, crafting, and caring. What kind of cookies? They are... What what do you think St. Simon would be? Chocolate chip. No. He is uh, Israeli Krembo cookies. Never would have gotten there. Krembos typically mark the winter season in Israel. A Krembo is a classic Israeli snack that is a chocolate-covered marshmallow treat with a cookie base. A s'more? And he just lost it. Where do you go, Simon? there. Show respect. Simon the Crossbearer. So for practical things, that's going to be my practical thing for this week, is I'm going to pray with Simon. Hmm. Me and Simon are going to hang out this week. I'm going to ask him about his journey what it was like and uh yeah full i'll give you a full report i thought you were gonna say cookies me too that was no. the direction wow. i thought you were going no cookies for lent True. Gosh, they're gonna be so grouchy everyone <laughs> <laughs> okay amy what's your practical thing so my practical is with regards to the eighth, eighth station so just to Kind of like that whole random acts of kindness thing, but just to try to intentionally help one person every single day in a small way, big way, whatever it may be, but to try to be intentional that every single day for the next seven days, I'm doing something to try to help someone else. Amen. I think I, w- I want to be more aware of the things that I'm like brushing off. So in conversation with other people, um, yeah, just like, uh, yeah, what am I allowing to like just go by that I maybe should uh, 
care more about, um, whatever that is. So if that looks like, you know, doing things at home or at work or like, um, yeah, just like in personal life with family and friends, like what am I like allowing to just go by? I'll do that later, whatever. Um, instead of like giving it the attention that it deserves and needs, um, to really be present to the person. Amen. So keep going, keep going, everybody. And, uh, let's pray. Victoria. Again. <laughs> okay. We'll begin in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this time, uh, for these words that you've given us, uh, for the example of your son. We thank you for also the example of, of Simon. Um, we ask that you help us to be more like him. Um, uh, willing to help um, to carry the cross, um, to help carry the cross. Uh, we pray for all of those that are listening for their Lenten journey. We pray for a bigger and more awareness of, of you in our life. Um, yeah, we just thank you for this time of being able to uh, sit with your words and see how they connect and how we can continue to grow. We pray for all of this in your name. Amen. 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 St. John Bosco. Pray for us. St. Mary Mazzarello. Pray for us. Mary of Christians. Pray for us. St. Simon. Pray for us. St. John Bosco. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go check out Simon. Bye, everybody. Simon. Bye. Bye. Don't eat cookies. Don't eat cookies. Keep going. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.